Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. And thanks for checking out Growing the Game with Ballsy. Once again, I am your host, Ballsy. Make sure you uh, share this podcast with all your friends and family and those you know in the football community. It's how we preserve and grow this sport. You can check out me on social media, Growing the Game with Ballsy Facebook page, where I currently have my Top 50 Can West show on the go. We're about halfway home. Make sure you watch that video presentation. Also, Growing the Game with Ballsy, GTG with Ballsy on Instagram, also on Twitter. And of course, like I said, on Facebook and my personal page, Michael Ball, I have a lot of football things going on there as well. I'd like to thank our sponsors here this podcast. First title sponsor, Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert. Your SGI Elite accredited auto body repair shop. Locally owned and a certified collision repair OEM approved shop. They provide comprehensive service as part of a worldwide network of best in class collision repair shops. They manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of. Choose Advantage Collision in Saskatoon NPA because they care about your safety. And our first quarter is brought to you by Face First Medical Aesthetics. Hold off father time in a naturally looking way. Facefirstmedicalaesthetics.janeapp.com well, the University of Regina Rams should be 3-1, and one, but after a loss to the U of S Huskies, they're 1-3 in fighting for their playoff lives. I had a chance to catch up with their outstanding receiver, Riley Borsma. Uh, has been uh, in one publication I recently saw, deemed the breakout guy for the Rams this year, one of those under-the-radar guys that's now kind of a breakout star. He's Riley Borsma, receiver for the Rams. How are you, Riley? I'm good. How are you? Good. So when you hear that, does that make you uh, happy or it's like, hey, I was always good. It's f- nice you guys just showed up to the party for a change. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's kind, of, it's kind of what I was hoping for with, you know, uh, new season, like losing a couple of our, our major uh, receivers coming in trying to, trying to fill that spot. So, yeah, no, it's good to hear. Yeah, Shinbine and Mortgat were the two guys you were referring to. There's you, there's Stusick, there's Deshaun Mims. I do think you guys yeah. have an underrated receiving core, actually, this year. I think Deshaun's been huge for us. So that's something we, we weren't – I mean, we, we knew he was a good football player, but we didn't know just how uh, big a asset he's going to be. But, yeah, it's definitely that, – that's a huge addition for us. We're, we're really happy with the way he's playing. Was that the windiest game you've ever played in last week in Saskatoon? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, crazy, yeah, man. It, it sucks. Yeah. I, I, I've been a receiver before, Riley. It sucks to be a receiver in wind like that. Like, basically, basically, you're a blocker or a decoy for two quarters. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then when you do get the ball, it's usually a tough catch you got to try and make because it's like it's just a usually tough adjustments you got to make to the ball in the air because it's just moving all over the place. It's funny you say that because people talk about throwing and catching into the wind. It's almost just as hard with the wind because you don't. That ball will uh, start at about, uh, let's say, at three feet, and it could take off to five feet in the air with the way the wind's going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll you'll see it in the air, and you'll almost like slow down for it, thinking like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to come back to it." And then all of a sudden, it's uh, gone over here. Yeah, just judging where the ball's gonna go in that kind of weather is that, is quite a challenge. That was a tough game. I mean, you guys uh, started without Josh Donnelly. Bittner goes down. You're down to your third string quarterback, and with six minutes to go. You're still in the ball game. So when you leave that field, uh, just about that game specifically, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really uh, it's tough. I, I mean, I still don't think like we still had too many mental errors that 
you know, are things we just need to, to take care of. But, you know, there are also a lot of bright sides uh, to that game. Like, you know, Brian came in as a third-string quarterback and hadn't really taken many reps at practice because, uh, you know, Sawyer had just become starting quarterback and he hadn't been taking that many reps because Donnelly was taking them for so long, right? So we were trying to get Sawyer up to speed. So, you know, when he goes down the second half and then um, Brian comes in, in the second half, having taken, like, really not that many reps and throughout the week in practice, uh, I think he did a great job. Like, you know, he got us in trade, I and mean, he scored a touchdown. We were moving the ball with him and uh, in, in a windy game, too. Uh, and obviously, Abe Borsa was uh, out for a little little bit in the end there, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's one that you, you hope not to lose. And there, there are things that we need to fix, just, you know, mental errors and stuff that we can take care of that we should have taken care of. But at the same time, there's some bright sides. I think, uh, you know, we, we fought fought well and our special teams played great as well in our defense so as a team though is the frustration level pretty high like what's the mood like you guys should be three and one you and I were talking about this earlier today before we were chatting here on on CKRM like I'll tell you what man uh this team should be tied for first place with the U of S Huskies right now and Manitoba instead you're one and three and fighting for your playoff lives you gave two games away so far this year yeah yeah I I think so I mean this loss was a little better because it wasn't like like UBC and Manitoba, we felt like we didn't like lose those games, but like we like well we lost them, but like it wasn't like we got beat by a team that we think like was better than that or deserved to win. It's just that we we gave it to them, and uh, this one it felt more like we we you know we played harder and we did more. We played a better game of football and still lost, so it's you know in that sense it's less tough. But yeah, those both those games, UBC and Manitoba. Are definitely frustrating, but we still have a chance. You know, we win these next two games, and uh, we can end second place in the league. So I think we're all just trying to stay optimistic and uh, you know move on past those and, and not think about those games anymore. It's a weird year, though, and, and there's no dominant team, which is a bright spot too. Like it definitely is a weird year. Probably expect some sort of weirdness when we had such a long layoff too. Yeah, that, that's a weird thing too because we had no clue. Like we, we thought, oh, like, well, I mean, like Calgary's still a really good football team, but. You know, we thought they were going to be like the dominant team, but we really had no clue because you don't know who was lost in those two years, really. Like, you know, a couple guys that left, but you have no clue really what the rosters are going to look like and how much things have changed. So, yeah, we really didn't know what to expect. And, yeah, I guess that is probably why it's such a weird year this year. Yeah, how about when you get home, though, from Saskatoon, you're like, holy cow, now we really have an uphill climb. Not to say you don't have to win these two games and they're going to be easy, but then you watch Calgary lose again to Alberta, and that really swings the door open for you guys because of that the victory you had over the Dinos at your stadium earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a, a relieving thing to, think, to see. But, yeah, I mean, for us now, it's just we're in playoff football, and you know, I mean, there's a little bit of pressure, but I think it's more more exciting than a, a bad pressure. It's, uh, you know, an exciting pressure. We're, we're in playoff football now, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. We just got to win, and uh, once we make it to the playoffs, it's anyone's, anyone's league to win, really. It's so yeah. close. Yeah. Anyone can win any week. Talk about the chemistry between you and the quarterbacks. How tough is it to, you know, you're used to Donnelly, then Bittner comes in, and then you have to deal with, uh, with Bryden or Flaherty. What's it like chemistry-wise between the receivers and the quarterbacks? Yeah, well, we, we've always had lots of opportunities to play with, uh, to get reps with Brian. It's, you know, not so much these last couple weeks, but, um, you know, like he started a game for us uh, last season, and uh, so we've had those opportunities, and we have opportunities all through camp, and, you know, all through the season we're throwing with him. And in and, film and meetings, he's always there, so we're on the same page, kind of like in the mental aspect of the game. But, uh, yeah, there, I mean, there are some things, like just timing on, you know, simple little routes. But uh, I think I think we're going to be fine. We're 
planning after practice to stay a little longer and just work uh, work to get that chemistry. But uh, I think I think we'll be fine. Your uh, coach had said when I was doing this top 50, and we'll get to that in a second, he said this guy's probably our most complete receiver in terms of deep threat, body dimensions, all that type of stuff. Evaluate your season for me to this point. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, it's been exciting to, um, I don't know, get, get a, some more targets, not just, you know, last season I was more of just like a, our deep threat guy. And, yeah, with Morty and Shinny there, they were getting uh, most of the balls. But I think, uh, you know, I've gained the trust of the quarterbacks and the coaches uh, to show that I'm reliable and I can, you know, hit those, you know, just those little short routes. And also I think the best part of my game, and I've never really had the opportunity to show this until this year, is that uh, is my run after the catchability. And so I think, you know, having some more opportunities just catch those short balls and then uh, make a few guys miss and, you know, pick up a first down is uh, – yeah, I've been really happy to have that opportunity, and I think, uh, yeah, I'm happy with my season. So what's one route you're better at this year than you were going into this year? Like, you talked about being a deep threat, but is there another route that you've gotten uh, better at? Uh, you know, you talk about yards after the catch. So what's one route that you've perfected or have gotten better at to help you with the yak yards? Um, I think noticeably this year, uh, there's just like a couple little uh, crosser routes. So I come under the middle uh and just get a full head of steam and try and use the guy who's like setting a pick on my DB. Uh, and I think I've gotten better at that, getting kind of closer to the guy setting a pick, uh, make it tougher for the DB to follow me. And I had a couple of those against um, UBC and picked up a, a decent amount of yards after them. So I think uh, that's one that I think I've, I've gotten better at. And, uh, and then also, I, I mean, I caught a, a couple beat balls uh, last season, but nothing just like a straight kind of one-on-one uh, go route. And I've had a couple of those this year, which I think uh, has been, yeah, something that I didn't do a couple years ago. So something I feel like I've gotten better at, too. Regina's been known as receiver you in the past. Names like Addison Richards and Chris Bauman and uh, Getzlaff. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, is it your desire to play professional football when this is all said and done? Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely a, a desire of mine. It's been something I've kind of always wanted to do since I was I was young. Um so, yeah, I, I mean, that's definitely something that I would uh, I'd be happy to get the opportunity to. I did a uh, Can West Top 50 show that uh, I interviewed you for uh, back in the long pandemic, and I'm just releasing it uh, each week here. I think we're getting close to the midway point, and you just popped up on the list. Uh, I polled coaches, media, and some players anonymously. Um, how do you feel about making the list? I think that's a pretty good honor when you're inside the top 50 players in Can West, which I think is the best uh, football conference in Canada. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's exciting to be uh, to be recognized as you know being in the top 50. It's um, yeah, it definitely feels good. It's a nice feeling. Well, uh, Riley, thanks for this, man. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Best of luck against Alberta. Hopefully you can run the, the table, get on a mini heater, as Dave Dickinson of the Stamp said, and uh, get into the playoffs. Thanks for your time. Yeah, all right. Thank you very much. Welcome to Fart Yoga. Today we're going to work on flexibility and balance. Let's start with the mountain pose. Raise your arms up. As you exhale, bend your knees as if sitting into a chair. Next, it's the downward dog. From all fours, walk your hands in front of you. Lift your hips and back to lengthen your spine. And remember, yogis, to relax. And let's finish with the warrior pose. Arms out, feet wide apart, 
and bend those knees and release. Fart yoga. Namaste. <laughs> Shoot, namaste home next time because it stinks in here. And the second quarter is brought to you by Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina. Give him a call, 306-502-5355, to get in the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ. Time now to talk about a guy who works behind the scenes to make sure football at every level comes off without a hitch. That would be Perry Leitner, the clock operator. All right, growing the game with Ballsy, and we're joined now by Perry Leitner, who is a man behind the scenes, a very important man, the guy who operates the clock at a number of minor football games and for your beloved Saskatchewan Rough Riders. How are you today, Perry? I'm really good. How are you? Good, man. Tell us a bit about your uh, sports background first that led you into operating, uh, doing the clockwork, so to speak. Well, I guess uh, directly before I started working the clock, I was uh, doing some high school football. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've coached in. I've coached for all my all my years. I've been teaching. I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. and so I've coached in different sports through all the way all the way through. And then uh, three years before I got into the clock, I was coaching over at Martin on the football team. Started out as assistant coach, um, and then uh, with moves and everything else, we were in need of a coach. And uh, so I I stepped up for the head coach the, fir- the first year. Um, we had a little bit of a rough year and. Uh, we we actually didn't make it through the whole year. Um, mm-hmm. The second year, we we were actually were there was a lot of discussion about uh, whether we should field the team or not. Um, so we we tried one more year. Um, again, we weren't very successful. We ended up folding it after that year. Um, we didn't play all our games. So we ended up folding. And so anyway, um, at that time, Chuck Toth was the uh, was the commissioner of high school sports, and he was based out of Martin. And uh, the one day he came down and said, "Hey, uh, are you interested in still being active in high school football?" I said, "Yeah, I'd, I loved it. I don't really know how I could do that. Though we don't have football at the school anymore." He said, "Well, they're looking for uh, somebody to help out in the in the booth over at Taylor Field or, or the old Mosaic." And and uh, I put your name forward, so I went over there and uh, basically I had no idea about anything. I <laughs> didn't pay attention to the clock or anything else. As long as I had time in the clock, that's all I cared about. And I, so I was really greedy. I had no idea what it was all about. And uh, at that time, it was a combination of uh, PA announcer and uh, and running all the clock stuff. And and uh, so I, for a couple of years, I did everything for the for high school. And uh, slowly they took uh, all the public address um, stuff off my plate and to where I just focused on on the scoreboards and the run the clocks and everything like that. And, uh, yeah, and that's I guess that's where it all started. Okay, so that's, that's interesting because I've worked up there as the public address announcer in conjunction with you. I can't believe you did all of that. That's crazy, man. Yeah, um, I just don't know. I, I don't think I did a very good job of it all. Um, I... <laughs> uh, I, I, I also felt bad. Like I said, I am a teacher, so um, whenever uh, a kid did something good, like I, I wanted to say his name for himself, but also for the parents sitting in the stands. So I, I always felt bad that I wasn't. So I've always been uh, really appreciative that they have split the jobs and they've gotten people like you and the other pe- other guys that are doing the job who do a much better job than I. And like I say, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the public address um, part of it, but um, yeah, I. 
I've transitioned into more of the just running the clocks and, and the scoreboards. Who's the best high school athlete you've seen play football in the Regina area since you've been doing it? Oh, boy, that's a tough question. I, You know, um, I was thinking that today. Uh, like, I've seen a lot of guys that um, started out in high school and now they've transitioned in, into uh, the Rams or Thunder and some are even onto the Riders now or CFL. So, uh, yeah, I've seen some pretty good ones, that's for sure. How about watching the game through a clock operator's eyes? How how interesting is it? Is it boring? Do you watch it in a different way? Well, you obviously you do because I know you got to pay yeah. attention to different things. So just talk about that and how that was a, a different transition because you're not watching like a, a normal fan would, or do you catch yourself oh. some? Or do you catch yourself sometimes? Well, sometimes uh, I do, and I. Um... I, I certainly got to be careful of, of not falling like a fan um, because my, my number one job is uh, running that clock. And, uh, and like when in thinking of a CFL game, um, you potentially have hundreds of thousands of people watching every, you know, and if, if you screw up the clock, everybody knows it. And uh, my, I got a couple of buddies that uh, they're calling me timer because uh, they think it's hilarious when they're at, at a rider game, and all of a sudden, timer, will you please set the clock too? Right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and like, so if if I make a mistake, especially in a CFL game, like everybody knows about it. So I, I really got to be careful that I don't uh, follow like a fan. But yeah, like now people will say, "Well, who did this play?" Who? Like you asked me, what's the best best player I've seen? Well, I don't know. Like I've seen a lot of good plays, but if you ask me who it is, because I don't have time to try to figure out who the, who it was because yeah I I got to watch the play but I follow the ball and then as soon as it's down I got to be kill the clock reset the 20 set the down and and, and mm-hmm. uh yardage markers you know all that and get ready for the 20 to go again and uh, so yeah and, and I'm looking at all this time I'm looking trying to find the guy in the white hat and uh, so yeah it certainly is it's it's a different game now and and yeah the first couple of years I I think it took a little bit of of learning and getting away from watching everything like a fan. And, uh, yeah, it certainly is a different game now. For people at home and watching on TV or your buddy sitting in the stands, you're watching who now? Who are you paying attention to? The head referee, the guy in the white hat. He's the number one guy that he starts and stops my clock officially. But, I, like I said, I follow the ball. And uh, when it's like if it's, a, if it's on the, the clock's in a hold, then I don't start until the ball snaps. So, uh, then I I said I focus in on the center, and as soon as I see the ball snap, I start the clock for that. Um, and then if somebody's going out of bounds, mm-hmm. I start stop the clock. You know, so I follow the ball, and then to start the clock, I follow the guy in the white hat. So, so like for instance, let me go back a couple of years. I believe you're probably working the clock in that West Final when Cody hit the crossbar with the football. Yeah. Did, did did you pay attention to that play or like some of these outstanding plays? Are they just like boring to you, like amp? Because you're not really you can't get into it, so to speak. Well, luckily, that's the one <laughs> the one game since uh, since the new mosaic stadium would open up. I think I think I've done all the rider. I could yeah. be lying here, but I think I've done all the other rider games. That was so. Nineteen was the first year I was doing uh, CFL games. Mm-hmm. So um, I started uh, for Labor Day, and then the guy I replaced uh, came back for the playoff game. So I actually was just kind of helping out for that game. So I, I know that game great. I, I was there, I was in the booth, and everything else. But I was actually running running the clock that day. Um, so um, 
yeah, so I do remember that. I remember the, <laughs> the, the ball hitting the crossbar. Yeah. And uh, so, so, yeah, that, that certainly was a memorable play for, for all Ryder fans, I'm sure. But uh, Perry, will you get yeah. the, Perry Leitner, will you get a chance to do the Grey Cup when, they're, when, they're, when it's here, or do they bring their own guys in for that? Everything I've heard, it, it'll be mine uh, as long as I want to do it, as long as I don't screw up too badly before that happens. Uh, it's mine to, mine to do. And lastly, and I think this is interesting, we always talk about the 40-second clock in the NFL and how it's, uh, you know, they got more time, but that's kind of uh, that's kind of an oddity because it's not exactly that much longer, if it is, compared to the CFL. Just tell us about that in terms of, you know, we, we think we got a 20-second play clock, but we actually have a little longer time to get the ball in play. Well, it's interesting because, like you say, like before I, I got the job that I do now, I didn't pay attention to the clocks and everything else. And then, yeah, I was that certainly was one of the things that I was bragged about, the CFL. I'm, I'm a CFL fan. Yeah. Um, don't make any bones about that. And, and I don't watch a whole lot of NFL. And so, like, as being uninformed, I would say, um, that was one of the things that I would, would say that made the, in my mind, made the CFL a better game. Um, but as I've gotten into this job, I and watching then watching NFL and see how it's different down there compared to what I'm doing. I realized that, yeah, you know what? Um, I don't know what the, I, I'm sure somebody must've done some research on it, but I don't know what the exact difference would be. But the fact that uh, in the NFL, uh, when the, when the play is dead, they reset the, the ball and they're starting their clock right away. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's not always happening up here, which as I said, I had no idea about that. So I don't know. And I've, I've, so uh, I don't know what, like I say, I, I can't back it up with actual numbers or anything. Just uh, anecdotal records, I would say that, yeah, it seems like um, I don't know that there's as big of a difference as, as I certainly always thought there was. I agree. And since I sat up there with you uh, doing that high school game earlier this year, I started to watch it, and there isn't a lot of difference. Like, I don't keep a stopwatch, but it, it's not. 20 seconds that we think it is anyway man it's been nice to chat with you perry it's great to go behind the scenes with a guy that's been helping out at the thunder rams all our high school games and been doing rider football games working the clock timer please reset the clock to zero <laughs> this interview's over thanks for this perry i appreciate it thanks balls you hope we get to work together again soon Time to recognize another title sponsor here on Growing the Game with Ballsy, Hammer Time Roofing. Headed up by Kevin Welsh, your friend of mine and this podcast and a huge Ryder fan. Saskatoon's only certified roofing business. They specialize in GAF, CertainTeed, and Mallorquay roofing products and offer a true manufacturer's warranty. The best roofers in the business in Saskatoon and surrounding area. Call Hammer Time Roofing at 262-ROOF. Our third quarter is brought to you by Double Z Ag Sales in Waver. For grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance, give Corey Zadorozniak a call, 306-842-2406. Time now to catch up with a former rider and current Montreal Alouette, a guy that came up through the U-Sports ranks and is still plying his trade as a fullback. That would be Spencer Moore. All right, time to uh, continue this show as we speak with our friend Spencer Moore, former rider fullback, fullback for the Montreal Alouettes. Now, Spencer, I was watching Alouette games. I hadn't seen you. I'm like, did he get hurt? Did he retire? Because I know you were kind of up in the air whether you are going to play or not, uh, and you just returned to the team here in October. Tell us about it because uh, you added to your family, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. So um, at the time when the, the season was announced as being postponed, 
my wife was seven months pregnant, and, you know, with the uncertainty surrounding COVID and the COVID protocols that were going to be in place, uh, just felt like at that point it wasn't the right decision to leave. Um, but then, you know, as the season progressed and, and things looked to be heading in the right direction in terms of COVID, um, you know, we, uh, we had our, our beautiful baby girl, and uh, the opportunity presented itself to come back to the team, and uh, my wife was fully supportive of it. And, you know, of course, uh, I still got lots left in the tank, so it was something that I wanted to do for myself as well, and uh, here we are. Yeah, and you're looking good because you were doing some fitness stuff in the off season too, training people, training yourself. I, I was kind of following you on socials. Yeah, absolutely. So um, when all the gyms were closed, uh, I had to think outside the box a little bit like many other people. So I, I built a, a home gym in my garage and then ended up having some clients throughout uh, the, the canceled season and into this year. And, um, you know, just kind of building my own little brand uh, back home and, and it helped to keep me in shape as well. So, um, you know, it's now going to be my fourth game back and I'm uh, feeling good. Yeah. So uh, you're in great shape, but how are you feeling? Are you feeling fresher than your teammates probably? Yeah, I know these guys have been grinding. You know, we're in a long stretch of games uh, for them since our last bye week. So uh, I definitely am feeling fresh. I mean, that being said, it was, you know, two years off, 700 days. Um, so when I first got back on the field, the legs were a little bit wobbly. Like, you know, what are we doing out here? But uh, I feel good now. Was there any animosity uh, amongst teammates towards you for uh, not coming in like they uh, came in at the start of the season? I don't think so. I, I had a lot of the guys reach out to me. Um, you know, when I was placed on a suspended list and they kind of wanted to check in to see if everything was all right. And, you know, I just explained the circumstances and, you know, how I was doing this uh, for my family. Uh, of course, I would have loved to have been here, you know, from the start, but uh, that's just not how things worked out. But everyone was pretty supportive. And then, you know, my first day back in the in the facility was, uh, was really nice. I got a lot of high fives and handshakes and, um, you know, felt nice to be back and, you know, felt like some sort of normal, which has been nice. Always said this guy's one of the best dressed guys and one of the good looking dudes in the CFL, even though he's a rugged fullback. Spencer Moore joining us in the Western Pizza Hotline. What's it like to block for that uh, that stud Stanbeck? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, he makes uh, he makes us all look good. Uh, you know, of course, uh, we all play our certain roles, but uh, it's amazing to watch him do what he does. Uh, I think that uh, you know, if 2019 was his, his breakout year. Uh, this year is even proving uh, even more so why I think he's the best back in the league. And uh, we're just looking to keep things rolling. And, you know, if uh, if he continues to run the ball like he is, uh, sky's the limit for us, I think. You guys are starting to play some exciting football. But by and large, I feel the CFL hasn't been that exciting this year. And I'm a huge fan, as you know, a big supporter of Canadian talent. But do you agree with me that year away, uh, taking a season off, not only hurt you guys at the bank, but it hurt the product on the field too. Like, I feel like you've been playing catch up this whole season. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, there is something to be said for having the, the time away like we did. Uh, we're creatures of habit in football for sure. So uh, the time away would certainly hurt. I think that uh, it's starting to pick up. And, you know, with the shortened season, everything kind of shifted in terms of when games start to really, really matter. Like, uh, you know, back in the day, it was after Labor Day. But uh, I think it took a little while for guys to get going and, and realize, like, shortened season, the time is right now. So, uh, it looks like we're heating up towards the right time and the games are seeming to be more exciting and I'm sure it'll be that way uh, to continue to the great cup. You've always been a grinder. So how much do you appreciate a kid like Schiltz that's awaited his time and, and seems to be really emotional and, 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 and you know, uh, it means a lot to him to be the starting quarterback of the Alouettes right now. Yeah, I can't say enough good things about Max. I mean, like you said, he's waited his turn. Uh, he's always been a solid guy in the room, uh, whether it be in the whole room or in the quarterback room. I know that, uh, 
he's looked upon to, to be a leader. And uh, I'm, I'm happy he's having success now. Again, I think that, and I told him this, if he keeps playing with this confidence that he has, uh, it radiates to the rest of the team. And I'm just I'm super happy that he's been able to play well. And, uh, you know, we expected him to, and he has delivered. So it's just got to keep it moving. Well, I'll tell you what, it's nice to add a guy like Trevor Harris, too, with VA on the shelf now with that shoulder injury. When you get a guy like uh, Trevor Harris, and even though he had his troubles with the Elks, sometimes it just takes a change of scenery for a guy. And it's good to have him kind of as an insurance policy as you see what, uh, you know, what Matthew Schultz can do. Absolutely. I mean, bringing Trevor in has been great, um, you know, for the room as a whole. Any veteran leadership uh, really shows through uh, when the season gets down to the nitty-gritty and into the playoffs. It's always good to have those veteran leaders. Uh, and I know that he's excited to be here, and we're happy to have him to, to continue this push. You know, Kahari Jones, I don't want to say he's underrated, but when we talk about the best coaches in the league, you hear Dave Dickinson, obviously. Craig Dickinson's getting a lot of talk. Mike O'Shea, Orlando Steinauer. But we don't – that's about where we talk about Kahari Jones, fifth or sixth, and that's not a shot to him, but that's where most of the media types uh, kind of rank him. Just your thoughts on Kahari Jones as a head coach. Oh, I can't say enough good things about Kahari. I mean, I think that there's probably some sort of bias against him just because – you know, he took over the starting or the head coaching job in 2019, uh, and then of course the canceled season, so things kind of got pushed to the wayside. But uh, I know that the guys in the room love playing for him. Uh, he's definitely uh, one of my favorite coaches I've ever had, and th- that goes all the way back to 2013 when he was there with us in Saskatchewan. Um, he's just great in our room. Uh, he lets guys be themselves, but he expects excellence, and that's just uh, something I can't say enough about him. And I'm happy that he's having some success with that. Yeah, he was here in 2013, and it's good uh, good on you for pointing that out. How much how much of a role did he play in helping you guys win that championship and helping Darian out in 2013? Yeah, I mean, it it, it feels like a lifetime ago now. I mean, that's that's nine years ago. So yeah, um, you know, for me, I was a wide-eyed rookie, just trying to take as many uh, pointers as a kid from everybody. Uh, of course, being a fullback and a rookie, you don't deal too much with the quarterback coach, but. Uh, his positive energy and his attitude always just uh, radiated towards the rest of us. And it's nice to see him be the same way now. Um, and that's something that I really admire about Kahari is that, you know, he's a fantastic football coach, but he's an even better man. So uh, I think that, that that means a lot to a lot of the guys in the room. It's funny how uh, uh, different coaches have different demeanors. You see him dancing on the sidelines and the music's playing in a couple of those games. Uh, does that rub off on the players? I think so. I think that, you know, it's nice to be able to feel loose and, and you know, not to feel too constricted. Um, it, it radiates to the whole organization. So when guys are feeling that comfortability and that positive attitude, it allows you to play more free. Um, that being said, he, we know that he demands the best from us uh, and so that we give it to him. And it's not to be a slight that he kind of looks like he's carefree because he's definitely not. He's all business. But, uh, again, that positive, uplifting energy, it really means something. Shoot, I saw the stat that those were the first two touchdowns in Geno Lewis's career in Montreal. Now, as Ryder fans, we're hoping dude doesn't score any this week against the Riders, but that guy is, speaking of underrated, what an underrated receiver he is, but that's uh, starting to change. Absolutely. I mean, I think that the league's on notice now that Geno's that guy, and uh, we all see it every day in practice. You know, the way he prepares for games is the exact same way he plays on game day. He's making those same up-top grabs in practice regularly. Uh, and, again, that just inspires confidence in all of us because 
we know when the ball is near, he's usually going to win that battle. And uh, we saw it last week, and hopefully we can see it again this week. Okay, but one of his touchdowns, he pulled the guy's hair and pulled them down. I've seen a guy get tackled by his hair, but never the receiver use the hair to his advantage. When he comes to the bench, are you guys kind of snicker like, you got away with one there, Gino? Yeah, I didn't uh, didn't see it until after the game. Uh, I'm I'm not going to disagree with you, but... uh, (laughs) You don't want your hair to be pulled, then cut it short. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I've had other people say that too. Absolutely. That's right. If you don't want to be tackled by your hair or you don't want it used against you in a PI situation, that's on you, buddy. Tuck it in. Sometimes I wonder, though, how these guys actually can stuff the hair into the helmet. I wonder if they – I know in the past guys were uh, taking air out of their helmet just so that they could put all that hair in. That's kind of crazy to me, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not a problem I've ever had. So. Uh, <laughs> Sort and trim, and uh, it's easy for me to get my bucket on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spencer, a couple more quick questions for I know you're busy. Probably have to go change some diapers. Actually, are you good at changing diapers? Yeah, I'm good. I'm really good at it. I think my wife would agree. Uh, you know, I'm trying to be a hands-on dad, and my wife has been great in letting me, uh, you know, learn sometimes the hard way. But um, I'm just figuring it out to do the best we can right now. I mean, my wife's back home, and I'm in Montreal, so mm. um, she's kind of, you know, a single mom right now. But uh, I'm supporting in other ways, and. Uh, I had a chance to see them on the past weekend, and it was amazing to see my baby and just to watch her grow. It's it's something that you know that people talk about the feeling. You'll never you'll never understand until you have, and that can't be more true. So I got to ask you the customary one because I had my first, and they're like, "Hey, when are you having your second? So Spencer, when are you having your second? Uh, no immediate plans for that. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, my sister and I are four years apart, and I think that that's uh, that's a good age gap, so maybe that's something we'll consider in a couple of years, but definitely not right away. Okay, buddy. Uh, do you still get uh, you still get up to play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as you're going to this Saturday? Absolutely, yeah. I'm excited for it. I mean, there's still so many familiar faces over there, and you know, I spent the majority of my career there, so uh, I'm excited to play those guys again. Last time we played them here uh, in 2019 was that uh, lightning mm-hmm. delay game. And um, I, I couldn't finish that game because I got dinged up. But I'm um, looking to uh, have a good game this week and come out with a win. That's the most important thing. Now, I'm not going to give your number away on the air, but I am going to mention that you still have a 306 number. What, why is that? Yeah, you know, I, when I was in Saskatchewan, I was living there full-time in the offseason as well. So I switched over um, because the, the, the phone plans are more affordable. But mm. I just haven't gotten the chance to switch back. It's, it's a headache to try and text everyone your new number, and then you you know get, kind of get disconnected. So I'm going to ride out this 306 for a while and see what happens. I, I, I would expect you to craft it in a different way and say, I just love Saskatchewan so much. I'm still a, a member of the 306. Well, you know what? It's <laughs> definitely part of my home. My wife's from there, as you know. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll actually be coming back there in, in the ground Christmas time for the first time since I, I got traded, so that'll be kind of nice. That's awesome, man. Uh, maybe we can catch up. I can even take you out for a coffee or something, and uh, if the Riders don't win the Grey Cup, maybe we can look at your new Grey Cup ring. How does that sound? <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds good. <laughs> you make that coffee a beer even better. Oh, I love it, a beer. I didn't know. I didn't know how you are in the offseason, big fitness guru. Anyway, Spencer, congra- <laughs> congratulations on being back, but more importantly, congratulations on your new uh, awesome family. Take care, my friend. Thanks, Baldy.
Well, as we head to the fourth quarter stretch here, let's recognize a couple more sponsors. Our final title sponsor here for Growing the Game with Ballsy Podcast, the Regina Sports Performance Center with Aubrey Stedman and the gang at 1464 Broadway Avenue. They've got a great weight room and cardio facility, 50-yard football fields, three-on-three basketball courts, indoor soccer facility, and Aubrey Stedman is a sports-minded guy that's all about giving back to the sporting scene. Plus, they have veteran physiotherapist Scott Anderson on site for your physical rehab needs. So go check them out at the Regina Sports Performance Center, 1464 Broadway. Driven Automotive sponsors our fourth quarter. They've offered superior auto repair services in Regina for the last 15 years. Their customers' total satisfaction is what they deliver. They're driven to create the best car repair event that you've ever experience. Well, when I want to get to the heart of U Sports football, I check things out with my Canadian college football expert who is better known as Timmy the Geek in Davidson. He's in the halfway town, as you know, so he's not really sure if he's a Husky fan or a Ram fan, but he loves Saskatchewan football. So let's catch up with Timmy the Geek, or at least let's try to catch up with him. I I think he's back in his mom's basement. Oh, hey, Ballsy. Timmy the Geek here. Hope you're well. I just got back from the Star Wars convention in French Lick, Indiana. Man, (laughs) what a time. (laughs) I just love dressing like my favorite character, Jabba the Hutt, and watching all the movies, and, and then getting on the message boards and complaining with all the other fans about George Lucas. (laughs) And before you speculate, no, no, I didn't take a girlfriend. I've accepted I'm celebrating the annual convention without one. Funny, though, because this year's theme was, if your lightsaber lasts longer than four hours, seek immediate medical attention. (laughs) I never have that problem. As you know, my other love is U Sports football. I told you, Ballsy. I told you the Huskies would be a bit too much for the Rams last week. I didn't know, though, it'd be windier than you after your hot dogs and pork and beans supper. Wow. Anyway, big matchup this week in Winnipeg as two top 10 teams go at it. The Huskies and the Bisons. Now, <laughs> let's be honest. The Bisons are fool's gold at 3-1. and one. They got lucky against the Rams and Alberta. Meantime, with the win, the Huskies can clinch first place and home field advantage in the playoffs. And, and I think that's exactly what they're going to do. Huskies by 11. <laughs> and, and how about that Nias kid? He's got like 12 touchdowns and one pick. Probably should have three more touchdown passes. Man, <laughs> that kid throws it farther than the Millennium Falcon can go these days. <laughs> anyway, uh, the other game, the U of R Rams, you know, they hung tough with the Huskies in Saskatoon last week, even though they were down to their third string quarterback. And let's be honest, they should be 3-1 and one after blowing two big leads this year. I don't like this matchup for them in Edmonton, though. The Golden Bears are coming off a big win over Calgary, and the Rams are nicked up at the most important position. And Regina never plays well at Foot Field in Edmonton. Never. I really hate to say it, but 
If I had to bet all my Star Wars figurines, uh, I'm going to pick Alberta by touchdown. <laughs> oh, well. Well, take care, Ballsy. I got to go upstairs. Mom just finished making supper. <laughs> it's Meatloaf Friday. Mm-mm-mm. My favorite. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.